0: you say you hear me bam we're live hey go man
1: i always i always i always feel um i don't i don't know if uh in inauthentic too too strong too strong Mm -hmm. but i always like the first words that we say to each other the actual people who are watching to hear them too Mm -hmm. that's why i don't say hi it feels like, bam! We're live. Here we go.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm like, how you going, mate? Which is very Aussie. Oh, <laughs> uh, where are you? <laughs> I'm in Byron Bay, Australia.
1: Um, are, do you do time in California? Um, have I been there? No, but do you have a home here or something, or do you do you do any time here?
0: No, no, none okay. at all.
1: Okay. Uh, the reason why I asked is because um, I watched the two podcasts you did with those cats, um, the, the um, Speak the Truth or, or something podcast. And uh, here for
0: the truth yeah here, here yeah. for
1: the truth and, and and are those guys in the states
0: one guy's here in uh, new south wales where i am and Erasmus, he's in canada i think
1: oh shit no shit yeah that's like home for him
0: yeah yeah i think so yeah i, I think, think he's still there
1: how did you meet those guys
0: um those guys found me on Instagram and then I was the first guest on their podcast. Yeah. Um and Joel who's one of the guys, one of the hosts on there, we've done some work together and we're in sort of the same not circles here but same sort of group, you know, the ones that are, you know, awakened so to speak. I don't really like that term, but um we're in the same circles, you know. And I've seen the stuff you post so we're, you know, aligned on that level. So we were fairly outspoken here in Australia over a year ago uh even 18 months ago uh, around all this stuff that was going on so yeah that's how we connected
1: uh all of a sudden i got a serious popping coming from your mic
0: is that i'll just take headphones out
1: it just it just came out of the blue it was weird it wasn't there the first i don't know a few sentences ah uh, thank you okay. how's that as they say in america the audio is jacked thank you <laughs> let's see cool Oh no, it's still fucked up. I wonder if it's I wonder if it's your mic or if it's our connection.
0: Is it? Um, I'll just. I think it's just hey, could hours. you just
1: log? Could you log out and then re-log back in? Let's see.
0: Yeah, cool. I'll leave and come back in.
1: Please, thank you. It's a serious pop. Hey, I'm mean, gonna have to ask you to. I wonder is that is that like equivalent to like, hey, your shoes are dirty. You got to go back out. So you got to go outside and, and and dust your shoes off. Uh, excuse me, you walked into my house with muddy shoes, and now you have to come back in. No it's not that bad it's not his fault it's not his uh it's not his doing i we had this with one other guest i'm trying to remember who it was and they had to log in and out like five times before we got it right give you a thousand dollars for anyone who can remember who that is jamie vindicate look at my new my new plan no plan b shirt can you see it bam so pumped on it so pumped no plan b sign up for the newsletter guys uh go to the sevon uh the com. sign up for the newsletter i think we put out like 20 oh you, it was uh it was her headphones you mean his headphones i don't know when he unplugged the headphones it um i think we still had an audio problem good night is it that time where are you where are you Yash? are you in india or something how's that is it's that good done? I was I was remembering we had a guest one time who had to come in and out like five times until we got rid of the pop and we never got I never figured out what the hell the problem was.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So it's yeah, it's no issue on my side. Just as long as you, I can't hear any pop from your side. Um, so okay, yeah, we'll just do what we need to do.
1: I uh, in my DMs a, a listener said, "Hey, you got to check this guy out." So I cruised over to your Instagram, Jaguar Heart. Um, mm-hmm. I spent about three seconds on it. And I Mm realized, yep, I don't even fuck around anymore. I just send over. And part of the reason is, is I, uh, I I almost want to get the commitment from the guest first and then start doing the research. Yeah. And, and I, and I want to have people on of, of all of all mindsets. And I, and I feel like, but, but man, we, we are, we, we seem so aligned after I sl- yeah. listened to your last, o- almost two aligned, I'm like, oh my goodness! I mean, e- even even uh, Krishnamurti, uh, yeah, pro- profound, profound impact uh, on my life, en- enormous impact. I actually went to school in Santa Barbara, and uh, his center in um, I'm at a loss, but but the town that the town where he ended up moving to with his brother. Mm-hmm. When he, when he left India or England, mm-hmm. wherever he left from and ended up coming to the United States, um, it's a, it's a huge avocado town, just inland from Santa Barbara, California. And, mm-hmm. and he has a huge center there. And you know what's fascinating? Why, why did you like him? Who gave you that book? By the way, so I'm going to tell you guys something. This guy knows a lot of stuff. And the and the most important thing that Jaguar knows is, in, in my mind, as deep as I can see, is that he knows that naming is the origin of all particular things, as Lao Tzu said. He knows Ooh. that words are casting spells, and once yeah. you know that, uh, you kind of can go anywhere in your brain except for the places you're afraid to go. So, uh, so. Uh, who knows where this conversation is going to go, but together we could probably explore some, some pretty interesting dark, dark crevasses. Okay. How did, how did you end up with, uh, and and sorry if I mischaracterized you, would you say that that's a true characterization You, you are aware of these, these word power?
0: Yeah. I mean, words are vibration. Vibration is physics. So this is one of the big things that's been missed in healing is we look at, you know, Jungian depth psychology and things like that. And in masculinity, there's King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, which is a book out there, which is pretty big. And we look at the imagery of it, which is very subconscious and appears in the dream state and in our collective unconscious. But we need words to be able to even identify with the, with the visual language, right? So we can't label a king or a plant or a cloud or anything unless we've got the word first. So it's like in the Bible said in the beginning, there was the word. You know, the vibration, the tone of the universe in more of the Vedic philosophies is om, that was the sound of the universe, so vibration is first. What happens is when we speak, that is a vibration, and so what we speak into existence comes from, which comes from the origin, which is vibration. So whatever you're going through in the subconscious mind, which automates our thoughts through these programs, which I found through my work, you're going to be attracting the same things in again and again and again because you're having a conversation with yourself, which is then showing up in the external world via the mechanism of language.
1: Okay. Uh, go back to there, – there's a book called that, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover.
0: Yeah. So it's a book on masculinity and I work a lot in masculinity at the moment because I feel that masculinity is really under attack uh, in a big, big way and has been since the 60s, since the sexual revolution, which was the attack on the family unit and the feminist movement, which was the attack on masculinity directly. And this book is really good for just basics of masculinity. From the stuff I do, it's not as deep as I like to go. It's quite surface, but it's great for men out there that want to start to understand the archetypes. Of the king, warrior, the magician, and the lover. Why I use oh, that. Oh, and
1: is, the lover, sorry. King, warrior, warrior magician,
0: the magician,
1: and the lover. lover. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's not but, the magician and the lover are the same person? No. No. Okay. Okay.
0: okay. So, so they're archetypes. But why I refer to this as a comparison is because these archetypes, you know, there's this goddess culture and the priestess culture and all this sort of stuff that's more on the feminine side, but the masculine side doesn't really have an equivalent um and when i look at that a lot of people buy into these archetypes these visual archetypes but what's really been fundamentally missed is that we need words and language to describe the archetypes in the first place so language is the precursor to the visual language that we see in the subconscious and so in the dream area we'll see things in visual metaphor but in the waking state it's linguistic um direct linguistics that are that are showing up through words
1: Wow. And and what were you saying about the subconscious there too? After you said that later down in, in that first thought, you were talking about the subconscious?
0: Yeah. So the subconscious mind, we we see a lot of people out there, you know, working on limiting beliefs and change your subconscious patterns and reprogram your subconscious. And I don't agree with any of that. Beliefs aren't necessarily true in the first place. You know, it might be like you know, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not strong enough. I know you do a lot in the CrossFit world. So it's like it might be I'm not strong enough. Well, I mean, relative to what? You know, the beliefs can be challenged fairly easily. So beliefs are usually extensions out of these programs that are in the subconscious, which are founded in a form of negation. This is what Krishnamurti really spoke to me when he was talking about the mind. The mind is formed in an area of negation. So if I say to you, Sivan, don't think about a red car. Don't think about a yellow balloon. You know, you start thinking about a red car and a yellow balloon, but you're not thinking that, oh, Jag said, do not think about a red car. You're probably visualizing a Ferrari. So in these programs, in the subconscious mind, it'll be like, I'm not enough is one of them or I'm not worthy. Now we can sort of hang out there all day if we want and do. Yep.
1: You're popping. Oh, am I? Not this kind of popping.
0: Yeah. yeah, Not popping, Lucky, I'll try and take out my headphones. <laughs> By the the way, which was
1: very masculine. I love fucking popping. God, that was (laughs) was a great. Let me try
0: and take this out and see what sound we can get.
1: Okay. That's what I told my wife last night.
0: How's that for you? Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, still popping. Still popping. I appreciate (laughs) the (laughs) attempt. Please. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not sure if there's any other way to deal with it at this point. See? This guy knows some shit um the the time the timing is so perfect uh because i'm reading this um this uh bob rotella book championship mindset i highly recommend this book i'm not even reading it i'm listening to it i got it on uh apple oh no the mic i know don't worry don't worry we're going to get through this and we're going to learn a lot of shit from this guy. Um, so okay, so back. when you say, when you uh, negation mindset, the red Ferrari yeah. versus don't think of the red car. Go on.
0: Yeah. So that's what the mind and the ego forms itself and is a form of negation. Okay. So if I'm not enough, that's the subconscious program. Now, the subconscious structure is like, let's say you're sitting in the roof of your house underneath it. And let's say that the roof is the conscious mind. That's where thoughts, feelings, behaviours, results and experience show up. Underneath that is the subconscious, which is the normal house. In each one of these rooms is a program in the structure, but you're in the roof and you don't know that these, ro- these rooms are underneath you, okay? So like, I'm not enough, or I'm not worthy, is sitting there in the subconscious, but it's going to give rise to thoughts, like I'm not enough will be, I'm too old, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not strong enough, you know, I'm not competent enough, And so the ego, which is in the subconscious, which is like the inner child, is going to provide mechanisms so you can't see these programs underneath it. Because why it does that is because it wants to survive. It wants to maintain its existence. It wants to be right about its limitations because its whole structure is formed in separation. So it wants to keep separate from the soul. And when I was looking into Krishnamurti's work, he talks about negation of the mind. So the way that we counteract this in you know personal development is affirmation affirmation is just a reaction to a negation but why it doesn't get anywhere because if I'm writing I'm enough 500 times what it's doing it's reinforcing the deeper belief that I'm not enough or the deeper program that I'm not enough because if I really believed I was enough I wouldn't have to write it in the first place like we're not getting up every day writing my name's Jaguar I'm a human being I'm Sivan, I'm a human being every day you know it's it, you just don't have that conversation you know and so Krishnamurti was very profound for me in that when I saw that around negation, that was when I saw it and I was like, oh my God, everything that we really attract in that we say that we don't want is because of the world of physics is attracting it in because that's the conversation that we're having that we don't even know about, which was profound when I saw this. And then I started to investigate each one that I started to look at that was common amongst everyone that I was working with and also in the investment industry when I worked in that world too.
1: I'm reading this book, uh, Bob Rotella, The Championship Mindset and it's everything that um uh you just said and uh i am assuming that's why you and i are meeting too it's all just where i'm at in my life where i'm at yeah. in my thought the shit that i'm i'm manifesting it's so cool uh when uh, when those of us who know the mechanisms of the brain and how they work like you said it's pa- it's painful to see things like people wearing masks because yeah. we know that those masks are telling everyone's subconscious that something is wrong
0: yeah and they're that's not one of those
1: programs. They're not telling everyone, hey, don't worry, you're safe. We're all wearing mm-hmm. masks. They're saying, mm-hmm. oh fuck, something's wrong. And I tell people this all the time. Everything is contagious. When I light up a cigarette, I'm telling everyone around me it's okay to smoke. Yeah. I'm telling their subconscious. When I walk through the halls at the mall eating a cotton candy. Uh, or, or, or when I'm 37 years old and 300 pounds overweight and I'm riding mm-hmm. in one of those carts, I'm telling everyone it's okay. Yeah. I'm telling their subconscious it's okay to get 300 pounds overweight and ride in a cart. I'm mm-hmm. letting their ego – I'm, I'm let, and, and, and those are the benefits of the ego. You should have an ego that you can leverage to prevent that bullshit from happening, right? Yeah. Leverage yeah. that ego, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The ego is there to keep us safe. So, and this comes down to a matter of perspective, right? So what's good for you and I won't necessarily be good for someone else. You know, like as an example, the serial killer actually derives pleasure and joy out of exercising power over someone. So their frame of reference is this is actually enjoyable for me. Now, from a moral perspective as a human being, for us, that's not going to do anything to us. If anything, it's going to repel us. We don't want harm another, um, amongst other human beings or to inflict pain other, uh, amongst or onto another human being these people that are walking around like that, you know, there's a lot of virtue signaling. Now, the difference where we get to it is I look at what is that? People.
1: What is that? I hear that term all the time and I just go with it. What is that? I don't even know. So it's gaining that. a sense
0: of self-righteousness by following the crowd. You know, it's I'm better than you because I'm doing something that's good for the greater good. So to can speak. you give
1: me an example of something that I probably do that's virtue signaling that I don't know?
0: If I, I if it comes up in the podcast, I'll let you
1: know. Like maybe it's like if I go out with my friends and I want to buy my kid a cookie, but I don't because I want to mm-hmm. signal now because there it's like I'm really just trying to warriors. be. The,
0: you know, the I, I understand. That I,
1: yeah, I do. I just I don't I don't see. It's so far away from. I don't see what. So they really believe that wearing a mask. Is good, and therefore they're a little bit better than me. They're doing their part, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, because they're scared. They don't underneath. realize
1: they don't they don't realize what it's doing to people's subconscious by screaming to the world that hey, there's something wrong here, a danger. Correct. It would well, be like if I walked around like this, right?
0: And correct, everyone yeah. would
1: be like, "Fuck." Yeah. So
0: <laughs> virtue signaling, right? I'll give you a good example. My yeah. sister's partner said about getting jab was like, huh? oh, well, I'm just saving lives. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, it, it's this thing isn't really killing people anyway that doesn't have 4,000 comorbidities underneath it anyway. A healthy person might die from this. So what, that's virtue signaling. It's like, yeah, well, I'm out doing my thing. I'm saving lives. But there's no quantifiable data that you're actually doing that. You're buying into a narrative yeah. in order to make yourself feel better. You know, so when we look at things objectively, it's like the masks as an example. They don't do anything right? And all you got to do is look at some evidence and go, okay, let's look at this and break it down. You know, I don't mind if I'm wrong about something. If I look at it objectively, a lot of people ask me how I stay so calm when I get a lot of ridicule online, mainly from feminists. And I'll show some of the messages that I get because I'm very well versed in what I talk about. So I'm going into a debate, highly leveraged in my information. And so I don't need to get emotional about it. The minute right. someone starts to get emotional about something, they're in a state of defensiveness, which means they're being triggered, which means they're not in control, which means they're not confident in their position. So that's why most people are very reactive when they wear the mask, when they're onto something, because they're fighting for something they don't really believe in. Does
1: that make okay. sense? Yeah, totally. You're pop. You're popping again. Sorry. Look at Bruce okay. popping. I know. Sorry. Cool. I'm, uh, so I mean, sorry. I'm so sorry. I cool. apologize. I, I, if this is – if this is your fault, fuck you if this is my fault, I'm so sorry, Jaguar. he's chill, he seems chill doesn't seem irritated by it doesn't seem irritated by it well, this would be a great time to bring up abortion, right uh, It's kind of like having the truth on your side or or being able to admit so i'm 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 a hundred percent pro-choice mm-hmm. I am a hundred percent uh furious with uh or, or, or not furious i see the idiocy idiocy and pro-choice people who refuse to admit that it's killing babies yeah not not a single one of them will admit it it's like yo 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 it's a horrible yeah. thing to do and then yeah. so so people can't put me in a box they're furious right because mm-hmm. i make Correct. all sorts of comp but but i i think that it's it's a tough choice but no one's um no one on the left is like, oh my God, the people on the right are so brilliant. I so see their point. Killing babies is wrong. Because mm. yeah. it's, a, it's a, I, I, like, I want those people to be my neighbors. Yeah. That's that's who I want to live with. Even it's though like I'm they, pro-choice, I want, yeah. I, I'm i happy that these motherfuckers are like, yeah, don't kill babies. Thank yeah. God there's people like that.
0: Yeah. And there was, a, there was a good post that went around. You probably saw, I think you might have posted, I can't remember this guy's name, Dan Levine or something. And he said, right, we need to make vaccines mandatory. And then it's like, no, how dare anyone tell us what we can and can't do with our body in the next tweet? You know what I mean? It's like they gaslight themselves, these guys. You know, they say one thing and then they do do the opposite. So there's a beautiful saying, which you probably would have heard by Sun Tzu, which is never get in the way of an enemy while he's destroying himself.
1: Right. And and that is... I, um, I I want to go down that. I want to bring you back to your point. You were saying that when you're debating people, that's an, why you can stay so calm. Or when people are coming at you, the other thing also is is um, being humble enough just to be wrong. Like yeah. someone will be like, "How can you be pro-choice? It's against women's. It, it's killing babies." And I go, "I know. I'm a piece of shit. I get it. Mm, yeah. I fully fucking get it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I, I'm not perfect. Sorry.
0: Yeah." And you own it. And there's humility in that, right? Because what what most of the left is doing is they're using their shame, right? Shame will attract in situations of humiliation. And what they, shame when we defend it, men and women operate differently. So when people are triggered with shame and they're humiliated, people will either attack and defend or suppress and deny. So when we start to hit on this shame button or this humiliation button, we're going to attack and defend it. So what these people do unconsciously they take up a social justice issue to feel better about themselves to mask the fact that there's a deep sense of shame and humiliation underneath it so they can attack and defend someone else because then they get to feel righteous and superior which makes them feel powerful because they it's an adaptation to them actually feeling powerless that's why they get so offended so easily
1: Does Oh that that make sense? you just yeah you just described you, you know you're almost too smart you remind me of Paul Saladino <laughs> you're so, you're so far ahead. Do you ever, uh, you just described the entire Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Everything they've done is hurt people with melanated skin and they're the most racist people I've ever met. And yet they do it because of some sort of shame they feel towards colored people, including colored people who feel shame for, I guess, being colored. Melanated. Yeah. It's fucking, yeah. it's, it, and, and once you see what's under the roof in your own house, you mm-hmm. can see what's under the roof of everyone else's house, right? Yeah. Uh, to an extent. And and you're like, oh my goodness, how are they ever going to see under their roof? What if they yeah. wake up? And I guess the further they get down the social justice wear path, I guess they're getting closer to the truth, but at the same time, it's getting scarier and scarier.
0: Yeah. Well, they have to use some kind of identification. Identity feels separation, right? So identity is going to need to hold on to a set of ideas. And then what happens is when that identity gets challenged, it's going to usually defend itself. So, the defense comes in the form of fear, okay, when it gets challenged. Fear generates the anger. Anger says, stay away from me. It's a boundary setter. Ah. The stay away from me feels the separation, which is reinforced the identity, which it's trying to get away from in the first place. And so, when we're in conflict, there's a conflict loop. It's like a closed loop electrical system. So, the person that has shame and is the conflict generator will attack and defend, they'll attract in the person that is the conflict avoidant, which suppresses and denies. And so both of them get to use those mechanisms, suppression and denial, to stay away from someone so they don't have to open up and be honest. The person that attacks then pushes the person away so they don't have to open up and they can stay in the same spot anyway. Neither of them go anywhere, right? So when we see these mechanisms that the human condition generates, it's shame brings in situations of humiliation. That humiliation is responded to through suppression or denial or attack and defence. The attack and defence, which is most of the left, they get to be angry about something. The anger says, stay away from me, and then I get to feel self-righteous and superior to you, which is a false form of power because true power is, in, is the absence of needing to demonstrate any power whatsoever. It's just being calm and cool and stoic. And then what happens is from that, it's a compensation to the fact that they are actually very powerless because a powerful person doesn't need the validation or to get everyone to call them Zizar Zim fucking walla walla bing bang whatever fucking pronouns you want to call yourself right <laughs> like you don't need to force that on someone you just don't need to you don't need to have that conversation so once we understand these deeper codes of the programs that are running the idea of themselves in the subconscious and why we do things then we can start to actually move past it and that's when, when we get into debate then we can remain cool calm and collected because it doesn't matter what's going on around me because i'm solid in my position
1: when when you're born you you're given a name yeah and then you it's like then your whole life you're trying to make sure that this name this person exists and it's he's constantly in flux right he's constantly in a earthquake pieces falling off identities coming pieces coming in you're armenian you're a jew you're a blue belt you're a brown belt you mm-hmm. lost a, a finger in a chainsaw accident you you have a girlfriend who cheated on you you have a mom who's the most loving mom and you this identity is just in flux right dad yeah. cheated on your mom just whatever the fuck is going on and you're trying your fucking best to hold this illusion together yeah fighting for survival yeah of the of the ego of the identity of, yeah. of the I, whatever we'll call it then um the in one of the and one of the pieces of identity is what you just described this mm-hmm. your identity becomes this thing that gets um sort of has its identity and discomfort yep okay I and think survival that, okay How do those people wake up? And that's all taking place on the roof. Yeah. How do well, those- it's, it's, it's
0: coming out in the roof. Like when right. we project onto the world, right. projection are the parts of us that we shame, repress, deny, and reject. Okay? So whatever we project out into the world, we go looking for it. So there's this beautiful story that's like about the seven, seven deities, right? And they go sit by a river. And there's the deity of hellfire, and he sits by the river. I think it's a Tibetan fable. And he sits by the river, and all he sees is he doesn't see running water. He sees fire. So then the deity of winter sits by the river, and all he sees is snow and ice. And then the important one is the hungry ghost. The hungry ghost just sees a river of pus and blood. But as the awareness comes around to the gratitude that what he's seeing in the river is just an extension of himself, the gratitude and the awareness that the river isn't actually pus and blood, it's water, through the expanded awareness of the hungry ghost, then he starts to see that it's water. He starts to drink from the river and he starts to become human. Mm. Why I use this is because what happens is in the unconscious aspect of our being, the subconscious then drives our perception, which our conscious mind projects into the world, and then we go looking and filtering for the very thing to prove ourselves right about the thing that we say that we really don't want underneath that. So as an example, one of the deep programs is I'm not wanted. I'm not wanted generates abandonment. So what happens is we go out into the world and then we don't honour ourselves, which is a form of self-abandonment, so then someone doesn't leave us. But what will happen is that person will leave us because they'll know we're not authentic because we've self-abandoned anyway, so we're reinforcing the thing that we say that we don't want. And this is how we operate. So the people say they want inclusion... And they want to be included in things and they want to be tolerated, but they're not including and tolerating the people that say they don't include and tolerate them.
1: Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> did you see the Safe Spaces movie with Adam Carolla and Dennis? Praden? No, I haven't seen that yet. No. No safe, safe spaces. That. Oh my goodness, you have to see it. It's 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 so good. It's so healthy. It's yeah. such a it's a healthy dialogue. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh you're, you're popping again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jaguar. Well, do you want me to say that to him? Do you want me to say that to him? I'll, I'll, I'll say it to him. Let's find out because I have a feeling he's going to have a, a similar uh, response that I would have. What, what about these people that identify, uh, that, that have their life wrapped up in Christianity? This, this man, Sean Sullivan, is saying not if you identif- your identity is in Christ.
0: It was still an identity. Right. And just by virtue of the comment, there's still some sort of need to be able to project that on to say, no, you're wrong. It's still the same thing. Hasn't, that hasn't actually gone anywhere. You know, the outcome of which they may be loving and accepting, I don't know the guy, so with all respect, I don't. Right. But Just even the need to be able to project that out is from a form of identity, right? The only way that we know Christ existed was through a set of books, through a set of words in books. I've never seen him. I've never met him. Some people might have had a transcendental experience, And he may have come into it. What I see with the word Christ is more about, you know, I mean, if we look at even ancient cultures in Egypt, there's similar stories around a similar sort of deity that walked the earth anyway throughout multiple ancient cultures. So unless I can break apart everything to an objective finite level and say with absolute certainty that that story is 100% accurate, I just look at it as a projection of the human consciousness in order to derive some sort of deification within. So Christ consciousness be loving, be accepting, hold that energy in your heart, great. But I see it. I just look at words. And in that very comment was not if you identify with Christ. We're talking about identity. Identity is the ego. Identity feels separation. That even in that comment, there is a sense of separation there because I haven't identified with Christ.
1: I tell people who want to debate the God thing with me that you don't ever have to debate the God thing. Yeah. There is something you can do. Are you familiar with the mathematician P.D. Ouspensky? No, I'm not. But, um, you, are, you are familiar with Madame Blavsky, right?
0: Yes, yeah, the sacred doctrine.
1: And she, it was her and um, uh, not Gurdjieff, but it was her and um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but they're the ones who raised Krishnamurti to be the second coming. Have yeah. you read his bi have you read his biography by Mary Lutons? Lut Is that the woman
0: that uh, lived with him? Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't read that yet. <gasps> it's on the list. Oh. It's on the list. <laughs>
1: they, I mean, they, basically, uh, you, and you maybe know this already. They raised this fucking. I mean, he was the eighth child, right? I think. Yeah. I think. And Krishna was the eighth child. So they. So they. They. They believe he's Krishna. It's Krishna sp- speaking again, and then yep. and then this um and then this society finds him, Madame Blavsky society. I forget what it's called, and they say this is the second coming that krishnamurti yeah. is christ and he yeah. gets a huge following right of tons mm-hmm. of these fucking bourgeois motherfuckers from like france and, and and i don't mean that in a derogatory way uh from uh, rich people get it get it uh from france england the united states and they keep making these pilgrimages which is which are hard to do to come to india to see him this is at the turn of the century right mm-hmm. and you know everyone's coming to see him at that point well not quite yet But eventually, you know, Bruce Lee, Halil Gibran, Charlie Chaplin, everyone and their mother is fucking coming to take a peep at this guy. Mm -hmm. So he gets the whole group in front of him and they're like, hey, Christ is going to speak through him today. I can't remember how old he was. He was like 30 or something. And he gets up there and he says, you cannot find peace through me and solitude. And he doesn't tell any of them he's going to do that. He undermines the whole fucking operation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about him. He was so, and he fucking runs to California.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was amazing Crazy. in that aspect. You know, Neil, I think it was Neil Boers who was Einstein's apprentice or understudy. What's the guy's Salimander. name? Tell me his name. I think it was Neil Boehm or Neil Boers. I can't remember okay. what the name is. Okay, I'll And he was later. actually going to leave Einstein to go study with Krishnamurti. It's wow. how profound Krishnamurti was there. Yeah. Yeah. To leave Einstein to go study with him, and so he was a huge influence on my work. The way that he saw the nature of the mind, I sort of looked at it, and it was the first book I ever got. I was, um, I'm 39 now, and I was it must have been 24, and I walked in and I saw a book called "What Are You Doing with Your Life," and it was just on the on the shelf, and I just picked it out. I was like, huh, and it stayed with me for years, and I just would pick it up and I'd read a bit and I'd put it down.
1: And what, year was that? Ago, what year was that?
0: About 14 years ago, 15 years okay. ago.
1: In Australia? In Australia, yeah. Okay.
0: And it was just on a bookshelf. So, what are you doing with your life? And I was going through a bit of an existential aspect in my life then. And I just started reading it. And I just put it down. I'd pick it back up and put it back down and pick it back up. And then over the years, it just kind of seeped into my consciousness. And then when I really started to have a look at him, it's just the way that he describes things, the way that you really got to look at each word that he presents, because nothing is wasted in what he says. You know, he's a perfect system in the way that he presents things. And even in the way that the humor that he brings in, you know, people would clap up, and uh, stand up and clap when he would talk. And he's like, "Ah, oh, it's enough to sit down. Like he was more frustrated with people doing that while people deified him. And people love to deify people. They love it. They, that's why celebrity is so prevalent in our world. I mean, yeah. celebrity is such a ridiculous fucking thing, man. It's so absurd that it's like people say, I love Brad Pitt. I love Tom Cruise. It's like you don't fucking know the guy. That's that's how diluted and worthless the concept of love has become, that we can project that onto someone who plays a role that's fake that you don't know and you say that you love them. That's how willing you are just to love someone for someone that they're not even real, you know? What is the right way to say it
1: then? What What is the – I, I admire that person so much, or I, I'll watch any movie that guy's in. Like um uh the, the guy who plays James Bond, the English guy. I, every time I see Daniel him, Craig? Yeah, Daniel Craig. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, he's the man.
0: He's brilliant at his craft.
1: Yeah. That's about it. Yeah.
0: He play he plays he's he's convincing. He's a convincing liar. <laughs> he's a convincing liar.
1: Uh Mr. Jaguar. You were popping. <laughs> I am Again. so sorry. Cool. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep saying cuz I just you're I'm I'm saying sorry cuz he's a guest in my house and I'm I'm happy to have him. I I'm saying I'm sorry because you're a guest in my house and I feel like I keep having to ask you to go back outside and wipe your feet, but it's not like <laughs> okay. there's nothing on your feet. Okay.
0: It's all good. No need to apologize.
1: Um m- m- uh uh, Jaguar, I, uh, do you, have you, are you familiar with Eckhart Tolle?
0: I am. Yes. The power of now.
1: And in the power of now, um, he speaks about, um, sort of a, a death experience and, and sitting on the park bench and, 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 what he, what is this other voice? And he, and he walks us through his awakening mm-hmm. of becoming, I guess, aware of his subconscious mm-hmm. and, Then later on, he tells people, you don't have to go through something that harsh in order to be awakened. Yeah. I I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. My awakening was extremely harsh. Yeah. I I embraced death. I looked death in the fucking eyes and said, bring it. Yeah. And that's why I think the debate of God and Jesus and all of that shit, and when people try to talk to me about it, I appreciate it. You're praying for me. But what I did took fucking balls of steel. Yeah. I said to myself, I read P.D. Ouspensky's book. Uh, mm-hmm. his mathematician that circled in the groups with Krishnamurti, and he basically mm-hmm. said, you're just a bunch of I statements. Yeah. And anytime one of those I statements fucking riles up, you have to appease it in the outside world. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm horny, I'm happy, I'm sad. Yeah. And it's, and it's looking for validation of that identity in the outside world. But if you yeah. were to lay down and not react to any of them, you could see what you are. Yeah. And I thought, well, fuck, I really want to die. I'm done with this fucking life but mm-hmm. I can't harm this body. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to lie down and I'm going to do that. Yep. And through that process, I saw, I saw the last eye. I. I experienced the last eye, the final eye. I, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely sober. Yeah. I, I just lie down and die. It took a long fucking time, by the way. Five yeah. Uh And scary as a motherfucker. So scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like acid trip, bad acid trip scary. Yeah. Terrifying. This thing does not want to die.
0: It doesn't. And it will fight for its survival. And what that does, it will actually send images up and thoughts up into the mind to kill yourself. Yes. That's where suicide ideation comes from.
1: Well, well yeah. In, in, in this, because I was taking the lead, it started telling me that if I kept doing this, I was going to die. Yeah. Like absurd shit. Like a bear's going to come in the room. Like it was, it would make up anything. The delusions of grandeur. Yeah. But then it can't survive if I don't fucking acknowledge it on the outside. If I don't, if I don't give it life. Exactly. So I just just kept watching it.
0: The ego is a collector of programs. That's the, and so you see, you end up at the, I am that's one trunk. But the other trunk is all I'm not something. You know, It's like I'm not satisfied. I'm not hungry. I'm not rich enough. I'm not safe. I'm not wanted. I'm not going to be okay. All these things are in the I'm not something. That's the ego. That's what we repress, deny, shame, get away from. And that's what we want to satisfy in the outside world. And yeah. so like a good example like with the power of now, I de- now exists beyond the idea of who you think you are. Okay, So who we think we are is what we design. I'm Jagger, I'm a healer. I'm a therapist. I'm Australian. I'm blah, blah, all this bullshit. But everything needs the opposite to exist, okay? So if one side doesn't exist, the other side evaporates. So My nose
1: is only big because yours is small, Jaguar. It's your fault.
0: It's comparison, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. It's all my fault, right? Yes, yes. So if we're looking at like I'm not enough as an example, right? Like if we do a blood test on you, Savannah, and it's like, okay, look, there it is. There's magnesium. There's iron. There's oxygen. You know, there's this, this. There it is. I'm not enough. It's part of your genetic makeup. We're we going to find yeah. that on a blood test. No. Right. So if we look at the if it is a true aspect, right, we question the validity of the truth of the I statements. So I'm not enough. Is that actually true? Yes or no? No. Okay. So then if that's not true, I'm enough needs to exist by virtue of the fact that this must be real. So if this isn't true, that means it's not real. It doesn't exist. What happens to I'm enough?
1: Oh, shit. I'm the greatest living podcaster who ever lived out here, and I'm the funniest man who ever lived, and inside I'm terrified. Yeah. And I try to explain that to people. Before the show starts, I'm freaking the fuck out. Is that the mm-hmm. same with Conor McGregor? He's the toughest fucking man in the world, and inside he's a scared little boy? Could be. Could be. Because they, they have to exist together.
0: Yeah, coexist, right? But once one dies off, so if I'm not enough is gone, right, I'm enough goes with it. So what's left? Freedom. 100% presence. And that's the power freedom. of now wrapped up in a pretty simple sentence.
1: Yeah, freedom. He's fucking remarkable how he points at no thing. It's an yeah. incredible concept. No, And that's what I am is. And that's, that, th- and that's what made me all of a sudden be able to go anywhere and do anything in, in my headspace. Because all of a sudden I realized there is something that's no thing. Yeah. It's immeasurable. I, yeah. I, I experienced no thing. Yeah. Um, so my question for you was, Jaguar, do you think that there's a way to see that without fucking charging death? Like, how did you wake up? Do you know how you woke up?
0: Mine was through, I started to reverse engineer my own behavior. So I looked at what was going on in the outside world and I'm like, okay, this is my experience of life. So what are the results that are generating the experience? And then what comes before results? Well, results are predicated by behaviour, and what's behaviour dictated by? Well, my feelings. Feelings are an awful indicator of fact; they're usually wrong. High emotion, high feeling is low intelligence. So, what comes before the feeling? Well, there's a thought. Because if I'm not thinking about something, I'm not going to feel it. Right.
1: So, where does the What about come? a sensation? What about a sensation as precursor? Okay,
0: feeling, sensation, emotion—they're all kind of different. Sensation is no judgment towards it. Okay, so it's just pleasure and pain go out the window when it's just a sensation. It's just energy that wants to move. An emotion is an unconscious reaction. So sadness, grief, guilt, fear, shame, there has got a stigma to it. So it's an unconscious reaction. Feelings are something we go on in the moment that we start to process. I'm feeling heavy. I'm feeling, you know, tense. I'm feeling constricted. I'm feeling open. I'm feeling joyful, right? The feeling is going to be something that's a little bit more consciously creative, the conscious creative aspect is like an upward spiral. It's a virtuous cycle. The emotions are the vicious cycle. It's a downward spiral that leads you into negativity. And so if we're just looking at a sensation, everything's a sensation. Every feeling that we have is just a sensation. Then we get to sort of experience the texture of it without the judgment, and then it just bypasses through us. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not wanted. It's not not wanted. It's just It just is. That's all it is. And thoughts dictate our sensations. Like if we're in anxiety... That can't happen without us thinking about something. Like in going through heartbreak as an example, if we're not thinking about the person we're upset about, we're not going to be upset. So thoughts have a frequency that are up to 20 times stronger than a feeling. So thoughts inform feelings. But thoughts are automated out of these programs. And once you start to reverse engineer and see the deeper parts of this, and that's what I did, there's a release that happens because there's awareness. This is called the unio mentalis, which is the unified mind. Right? This is what the alchemists used to call the great work. You know, Hermes Tres Magistris, he would talk about the great work, which is the unification of the conscious and the unconscious. Carl Jung said it, till you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So we have to make the repressed. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful, right? So all the, the unconscious is the machine that produces everything that it happens in our lives. Those are the things we say we don't want. So when we actually look at the things that we don't want, on some level we actually want them desperately. There's some sort of, and if you look at this, fear is the same chemical as excitement. Excitement produces desire. Desire produces arousal, and arousal is a turn-on. So the things that we fear are actually creating some sort of arousal, which turns us on, and when you feel it, it will be in the lower centres, like you call them chakras or energetic centres, which are some form of sexual arousal. Now, it may not be the same as if you're laying with your partner in bed and being intimate, but it is still the same feeling of anticipation of arousal that is happening in the body when you're scared versus when you're with your partner. And when you tap into that and feel the sensation, which was a great word you picked up on, you'll see that it's, it's almost identical when you feel it and you lose the perception via the story and just tap into the feeling. It's the same thing. And this is what the unconscious produces.
1: Uh, you're popping again. Okay. Hey, wait, wait, before you, before yeah. you go, are, are you on a computer? No. You're on a phone. iPad. Uh, Do you have a phone? Yeah. You want to try your phone? Yeah, I can try my phone. Okay. and uh, and um, Do I need to send it? Um, No, I've got it
0: on text. I've got it on text. So you can just pop your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try your phone.
1: Yeah, I'm so sorry. I know we're traveling and to have to keep on interrupting you is lame. I do like so. So, the the cool thing with the Daniel Craig thing, thing is it was cool in, in all the Bond movies. It was always girls coming out of the water. And when he came out of the water in those shorts, I thought I did think that was cool. I was like, he's like, yeah, I'm the man. I, it's, it's, it's hard. I, I'm, I'm so, uh, excited and, uh, stimulated by this guy. It's hard to stay on track. It is extremely hard to stay on track. He reversed engineered. That's how he was able to spot. How are we going there? Great. If it pops now, now it's all my fault. Um, So I I hear you Mm -hmm. in your explanation of reverse engineering. Can you give me more? I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not buying it, but there there has to be I feel like there has to have been something else There has to be like a seismic shift You ha- mm-hmm. you can't just um, uh, Be analytical and be like Oh th- behind that wall there must be a dog Because I saw it run behind that wall
0: So are you asking the question about my awakening?
1: Yeah, Yeah
0: So that kind of came in layers The biggest part was actually Earlier this year So I sat with some plant medicine last year And what was happening It was I did it with my partner And then After the experiences, I started to go into spontaneous deaths, like much like what you were talking about in shamanism. They call it the hollow bone, and it's like being pulled through a hollow bone. And I'd start shaking violently. I'd start. I this world would collapse, and I'd be reliving other things, other lives. I don't know if it's other lives, cellular memory, whatever it is, where it was. You know, I was being crucified. I was being disemboweled. I was being buried alive. I was killing my current partner in another life. Where I was strangling her. And going through these intense visualizations, and I'd end up on my floor trembling and shaking. And what happened is I got to the seventh one. Sometimes it would go for eight hours. And I got to the seventh one, and the seventh one was where I was surrounded by demonic forces, and they said, we're taking your soul to hell. You're done. We're going. And I surrendered. I said, I can't do this anymore. Take me if you need to. And then it stopped. And it was like going through that hollow bone process, which is like, being pulled through the bone and stretched. And what I realized in it is that when we die, it's not the body that wants to die. The soul wants to leave. And that was the most profound thing about it where I surrendered to it. And I just said, all right, if this is me and I need to go, then I need to go. And that was my most profound, it was an initiation because I, at that moment I was completely okay with death.
1: Yeah. uh, It's, it's very interesting. You say being pulled through a bone. So as I when, when, it happened in cycles for me. At the moment that that I became I am, mm-hmm. um, the my intellect died, and I felt my emotional brain turn on and tried to mm-hmm. protect, project understanding on what was happening. Yep. And as that was happening, it it literally was like I flew through the sun, and it just mm-hmm. fucking killed all that shit. It yeah. like burnt it off of me like fire. And I thought I was dead. And then I came out the other side. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, there were two of me. There was yeah. this clean slate of me. And then I was mm-hmm. looking at the Sevon, and Sevon was just a bag of tools now. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? I yeah, was yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then slowly and my scary. ego built back up. And I was in, and, and I, at the time, I didn't have meditation experience. I didn't have self awareness. I didn't have the skills um, to maintain that deep of an identity to or, yeah. or that that much free not not that deep of an identity that much freedom yeah um so it started rebuilding but you know what i did you're gonna love this i got rid of since i didn't have the skills to maintain that i got i realized that i could get rid of everything i own yep so i have nothing to defend mm-hmm. and become a homeless man and ascetic mm-hmm and then I could fucking like really like get my ego in check. Cause like if my windshield broke, I didn't have a windshield to break. I didn't have a girlfriend to, to break up with me. I didn't have like, I didn't have anything. Yep. Am I- and I was just me. It was just like, yep. do I have a broken fingernail? And so I, I, I did that for seven years basically. Yeah. And built yeah. the skill set to come back into the regular world as nobody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nobody, no one, no thing. And then I had kids. Do you have kids? No, I don't.
1: Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't have until I was 43. Mm-hmm. Good age, good time to do it. So, yeah. and that's important because so
0: when you, when you dissolve, I've had that dissolution experience where it came on spontaneous. I was just walking on the beach. This was 18 months ago. And I just, I dropped out into dissolution and I was just connected to everything. And I yeah. just, y- you can't operate in the world like that. You, you can't operate in this world like that. So I know and it lasted for two weeks. And by, oh two, shit. Yeah. By that two can weeks, get weird. Yeah. It was just like I was walking across roads and I'm like, it doesn't matter if I get hit by a car. It yeah, doesn't matter okay. if I'm drinking this coffee. It doesn't matter if I'm smoking a cigarette. It doesn't matter if I'm making love to my partner. Just none of nothing matters. It's all just a game. It's just, it's an illusory game, all of this. And when you really see that, then you start to break through the illusion of it all and take it so seriously. And it's like, well, how do I want to play the game now? That's that's the really important question. What game do I actually want to play? Because it's all a game, and nothing means anything, but everything means something on some level, you know. And it's all why share it?
1: Why share it? Why why do we have to? um, Do do you think that that's our ego? um, Because we're not even buying it. Like why why do we have to share it? Why don't we just? Do you think that there's? Do you think there's people who know what we know and don't share it, and they're just fucking fully immersed in the game? Like sometimes are you like, oh, this motherfucker. Well, we,
0: d- we don't even know that we're sharing it. Like, I don't know that I didn't dream you up. Right. I don't know that I haven't made all of this up. So am I sharing it from a human level or am I just trying to satisfy my own self by thinking that I'm sharing it, but you're just this holographic projection of light that I need to see in front of me right now in order to satisfy my own existence? Not to get right. solipsistic right. about it, but I can't prove that I didn't make you up and vice versa, you know? Right.
1: I, I um I had a guest on the other day, uh, who who I, I thought was it, we were going to take this type of talk and this type of journey, um, and, and we didn't. And one of the questions I asked him was, I said, do you know what thought you had before you got that tattoo? Mm-hmm. And that was my way of just sort of testing to see his awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't even want to, he just, I, I, I you know, from, from where I sat, it looked like he didn't even understand the question. Yeah. Uh, because below that thought where you got the tattoo, right. There was, there's some, something in the subconscious. Yeah. Right. And I explained, and from there I was going to tie it to like, there's nothing when I'm sitting that would arise that would say, go get a vaccine. Yeah. There's nothing in the brain that would do that, that, um, that, well, it would do that but 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 as a as, as a watcher of the mind I, I could I could watch it and watch it transform into something else. I guess what I'm saying there's nothing real. there's nothing yeah. that would move me to do that if I didn't want to
0: yeah, and that's witness consciousness, and most people don't live in that space like you can witness the thoughts and go, "Well, that's bullshit, like it's like yeah. a cloud in the sky as they talk about in a lot of meditation circles. It's like thoughts are automated if i'm not listening to the thoughts it's like you know, I'm in my body, my body's an avatar, but I can just witness things going around. But most people think like, you know, they're the driver of the car, but they are the car. It's like, I've got a Range Rover, but I'm not a Range Rover, but most people are in their bodies acting as though they're the Range Rover.
1: Yes, yes. You know? Yes, so they the window breaks and they're pissed.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yes. And yes. so this is, this is the way that most people think. So they believe that their thoughts are real. And so, by going and getting the jab, by going and wearing the mask and all that sort of stuff, you know, there's that saying by Mark Twain, it's easier to fool someone than to convince them that they've been fooled. And so the cognitive dissonance is going to move in really strongly because if they admit that they've been lied to about that, whew. Then the onion starts to unravel and you're going to have to look at everything that you've been lied to about. And then you wake up and go, okay, I'm on the other side of this and it's a difficult experience to walk through. That is a form of awakening like we were talking about before. That's a massive death that you've got to go through.
1: Um, You said something that's just a huge uh, – in the 500 podcast I think I've done now, it's a huge theme. People conflate their thoughts with reality. Yeah, And the example that I always use is red does not mean stop. We've just agreed upon it so we fucking don't crash into each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. And people think thoughts, I mean, thoughts create reality because they're a vibration and by virtue of physics. But back to what I said earlier about the hungry ghost, we're going to filter for that. We're going to look for that. If we think that people are going to reject us, we're going to filter for the aspect of rejection. If we feel that everyone's the enemy or everyone's sick, we're going to look for sick people. You know, if we feel that I feel powerless, or I don't feel safe, then we're going to look to defend that in some way through the nature of thought, where our body's going to respond, then our behavior is going to fire up, then our results are going to be very repetitive. Unconscious, our patterns are the result of unconscious desires. And so our desires- Say that, our,
1: say that again. Patterns or what?
0: Are the result of unconscious desires. So what that means is we're filtering for certain things to look out into the world to confirm our own existence and our own survival.
1: If, if you're, oh hi, my wife just told me, oh hi, thank you. That's where Krishnamurti went, oh hi. She must be yeah, that's Live. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Thank yeah. you,
1: thank you, Haley. Um, I'm lucky because my wife is a, uh, a Vipassana practitioner. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, I know Vipassana, yeah. And, and you know what's fucking crazy about those fucks? They, this is a non-denominational, no eye contact, no talking, 10-day retreat. They don't collect money. Yeah. And these motherfuckers are requiring a vaccine. These are sitters. Wow. These guys are now requiring an injection to go to their no eye contact, no talk, sit still for 10-day fucking camp. I'm like, oh, shit that's that's crazy i didn't know that that's batshit crazy right hey yeah. it's, um there's got to be something happening um i i witnessed it when the world trade center got got smacked um yep there's got to be something that's about in this vibration thing you're talking about that happens that sweeps over people that even yep. can like scoop like people like me and you up who have a mm-hmm. flicker of like uh awakening you know like it, yeah. it, it, there must be something that um Like, like just like, you know, like, like we're all, we're, we're, we're all at the beach, you know, and half of us are the greatest swimmers in the world and half of us can't swim, but a Mm -hmm. big fucking waves come and we're all dead. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's gotta be like, it does, there's gotta be like this thing that just comes by that even like the greatest practitioners just can't uh, stand up to. I'm guessing. I mean, shit. Maybe. Maybe do know. What, what was the word you used? The rapture,
0: you know, where like the end of times, revelations, things like that, that might be something that's just too overwhelming for our consciousness to bear, right. you know, but I, I don't know. And that's the great mystery of it all. You know, that's the fun part of it. But I think once you go down to a point where you learn to healthily question everything through objective analysis, as opposed to subjective confirmation, you have a much healthier view of things. And at the end of the day, and this, I'm not sure if you realize this, it's a little secret. We're all going to fucking die anyway. You know, <laughs> We're all going to. So when you embrace that, de- and okay.
1: defined and defined die for me, please
0: leave the, the final particle liberation of the body into the ocean of consciousness.
1: Right. There's going to be some dramatic shift. That's so massive that you're not going to get to keep your body anymore.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. And that's going to happen anyway. It just depends on how much we do with the avatar until that time comes.
1: Get hit by a car or get so old that the pieces break off and stop working.
0: We're all headed there together one way or another.
1: Yeah. You know, so when
0: we see that, it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to try and love as best as possible, you know, and it's a fun game. Like the awakening game (laughs) is fun. You know, it's, it's, it's fun for me. I like waking people up. I like waking people's minds up. I like making them aware of their own bullshit, their own, patterns their own stories that they tell themselves it's just a story like it's literally we're all just walking conversations there's no one has any problems they're just thinking about something
1: that's it you know stop, th- stop thinking and all your problems will end yeah Lou correct
0: yeah. yeah just don't listen to your thoughts don't buy into your feelings you know this is one of the things i was posting a lot about online is that healthy masculinity is the answer to unhealthy masculinity not femininity women right. shouldn't be telling men how to be men because another little secret they don't know what it takes to be a man they have right. no idea and i right. had all these women saying you know oh um femininity is the answer you want men to be more emotional more vulnerable more this more that blah 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 and it's like yeah that's what you've been doing for the last 40 50 years you've gotten that now you're asking where are all the good men
1: right hey, you're gonna <laughs> mm-hmm. go ahead go ahead
0: Yeah, so it's like then they're saying we're all the good men. So it's like, well, if you want a girlfriend, listen to a woman on how to be a man, but if you want to be a man, listen to a healthy masculine figure. But these are stories at the end of the day. We have to start to tap into what's true for us and what feels right from the deepest place. We don't want to buy into a narrative like, you know, it seems to be that everything in the world, the cure-all for everything is femininity and the wrong for everything is masculinity, which I don't agree with whatsoever. You get mature, healthy, masculine. That's a really powerful energy that's on this planet that's very lacking at the moment. We wouldn't be in this position if there were mature, healthy masculine in the world and there are enough of us.
1: Uh, do you know who uh, Nikki Rodriguez is from B-Team? Oh, I know that name.
0: I know yeah. the name.
1: A, a jujitsu practitioner. He showed up on the scene as a white belt. Oh, uh, start- yes. It, it was, was yeah, trading yeah, it with Gordon. With, okay.
0: um, yeah, Gordon. Yeah.
1: So so, I had him on the show, and I was like, "Hey, dude, how do you train and like and have time to chase women?" He goes, "Excuse Mm -hmm. me." I was like, "Well, how do you chase?" He's like, "Dude, look look at me. Mm -hmm. I I, dudes like me don't. I I, just straight, straight. Yeah, just straight. Mm Serious is a heart attack. Dude, look at me. Uh, I I don't look. uh, I don't chase. Why would I? What? Like it was completely foreign to him because there's he's a man." Yeah. He's a lion. <laughs> yeah. And what's a lion have? Yeah. It's he has place, one man. fucking um, – yeah. This lion has one girl that's just – yeah. And uh, and I go, does she ever interfere? No, if she interfered, I, like, like, does she ever interfere with your, your goals and your objective and your purpose? No, if she did, I wouldn't have her. Yeah. And it's this um, – and then I, and I've interviewed, uh, you know, other champions and whatnot, and none of those guys do that. None of yeah. those guys are – are worried about women it's like uh i going to tell you a story i think you're gonna love this i'm trying to say it fast uh i I I was dating this girl and we met one of her friends and her friend uh, went to harvard or was a harvard grad i couldn't remember i think she was an attorney and we went out to dinner with her and she told me this fucking story the Mm -hmm. the, the lady who's a harvard grad she had this guy and she'd be dating him for five years and she fucking loved him and she thought they were going to get married and she said to him, uh, Hey, I I, I really uh, want to peg you. She, that was like something she wanted to do. put a strap on, on a fucker dude ass. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're not fucking doing that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Finally, about like a month before they were going to get married, he says, fine, I'll let you do it. Yeah. Then like about like, you know, two days later, he asked her, Hey, do you want to do that again? And she's like, okay. And this goes on like this for about like three weeks. He's just asking for it. And she's fucking completely fucking disgusted for him and tells me she lost all respect for him. And and they didn't get married. (laughs) I'm like, and when I heard you talking on those podcasts today, I'm like, I got to tell Jaguar this story. (laughs) This is like. It's massive. People are like, what's normal? Men do men shit, and you know what normal is? Normal is you put a seed in the ground, and you put the pot neck in in your windowsill, and the plant starts growing towards the light. And then you spin the pot around to fuck with the plant, and the plant bends like, you ain't fucking with me, and it starts going. There is normal. People want to act like there's no such thing as normal. There is normal.
0: Yeah, there is. There's a normal man. Yeah, and that balances out, right? Like – women through the feminist movement have become much more masculine and then they denigrate and belittle and control and dominate men. They do the very thing to men that they say men had been doing to them. So they haven't actually gone anywhere. They haven't graduated or broken out of the prison that they're in. They're They're not happy women
1: either. Those aren't happy women. No,
0: they're not. They're not. They might seem satisfied, but satisfaction is very different to feeling joyful, right? And it's usually satisfaction from a sense of self-righteousness because they get to play the victim. And then they take aim at the enemy, which is men. I had a, I went in a back and forth with a woman in comments recently and she said, and it was my post around healthy masculinity creates, uh, is the answer to unhealthy masculinity. And she's like, oh, masculinity is so outdated. Feminism is the answer. And I'm like, yeah, and you're the problem with society. Yeah. You know, like she went after me she's like, thanks for your mansplaining. Thanks for, you know, that that shit is crazy.
1: That shit is crazy. Yeah. It is so
0: ridiculous. And I started to talk to her. I'm like, feminism is an arm of communism, for starters, and it uses the tactic of subversion. This is Yuri Bezmenov from the KGB talks about this. Beautiful and to talk. go back to what yep. you said um, earlier about the Twin Towers, you know, that was there's four stages of subversion, which is demoralisation, then the second stage is destabilisation, then there's crisis, then there's normalisation. That's why we hear the term new normal around everywhere at the moment. The first thing was the uh, Twin Towers, that was demoralisation, destabilization was the GFC crisis was what what's what's
1: GFC? What's GFC?
0: The OA global financial crisis. Oh, okay. Okay. That was the destabilization. And then the crisis has been the last couple of years. And now we're in the new normal normalization of it to bring in a communist regime. And feminism is an arm of that to create equality between everyone that everyone has exactly the same thing. That's the guise of it. But really it was to destroy the family and destroy masculinity. Like it's so obvious once you see it, but women keep going you know in this aspect of female empowerment and they should have equal pay they should have equal rights all of that's fine but they want to do what men are doing which only reinforces the inadequacy relative to men because they're still banging on the door of men to make them equal they're not going anywhere you know (laughs) it's it's just absurd that it keeps happening and it's like men and women are built for different things that's biological and this woman she was like oh masculine is outdated I said well I didn't realize that you were in charge of the universe and that you created the electromagnetic forces through male, female, masculine, feminine, positive, negative, north, south. Can I, you know, ask for a few things? Because seeing as you know better than the very thing, the very force that created you, maybe you could give me some advice around a few things. It's like stupid, you know, like it's, you're telling nature that you know better than it. The force that created you, the DNA strand, the planets, the celestial bodies, every force, every ecosystem on the planet and through the transgender and feminist and all other movements that are going on, you're saying that you know better than it. It's like it's, it's such a ridiculous conversation.
1: If, it, it's fascinating. I, I would like to put these people in a, in a situation where it's – I'm being swept down a river, mm-hmm. and there's two people standing – and I have my baby, and there's two people standing there, a blue-haired man with a fucking gunt. I should be nicer. My wife's not going to like that. Take two. Uh, there's, uh, there's two, I'm, I'm being swept down river and I'm holding a baby and there's a man with blue hair who's with a, with uh 50 pounds overweight. Yeah. And there's you Jaguar and your and your, and your partner. Yeah. Who do I throw my baby to?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Like, but, but the blue haired guy is my, is uh, uh, me and him have been best friends since the fifth grade. Me and him saw Top Gun together for the first time together. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, me and him on a double date and got our first kiss. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. And and I and I I would throw him to you because my kid at that moment my kid has to survive with the strongest. um, It's the same thing with I ask my my boys are homeschooled and they do um, uh, jujitsu. You know, whatever five some some, MMA jujitsu striking all that shit five days a week. They do skateboarding, uh, tennis. All they do is just movement and math and Mm -hmm. English. Yeah. Do you want your daughters dating my sons, mm-hmm. going to the movie, the drive-in with my sons, or do you want it going with some, the, the blue-haired boy?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is biological. You can't argue with that. Women know what they're attracted to. And yeah. even if the identity and social engineering might convince them otherwise, they're still going to, at the deepest level, do what their biology tells them is attractive. You can't fight biology. There's male and female sex organs for a reason. There's not 500 different types of sex organs for a fucking reason. You know, it's biological. Like, don't argue with biology. That's nature. You know, it's, it's, it's so obvious. You just boil it down. You can, go, you can get reductionist about it if you want, but it's like— What's
1: that mean? What's that mean, reductionist?
0: You just reduce it down to the
1: scientific facts. Right. That's the way I want to do it. There's yeah. only two sexes. So here, once again— I tell people gender is what the left has and God is what the right has. They're both your imaginary friends. I don't yep. care. But 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 I I don't care and I don't judge you for them. Don't don't make me go inside of your head and live your imaginary world. There's only exactly. men, there's only penises, cock and balls, and vaginas. Yep.
0: That's exactly. It. That's it. Now, I don't care if you want to identify as a as a fucking packet of peanuts. Like do oh, it if you want. Do it, yeah. Go for it. You can still come to my house. We'll
1: come to my house and we'll we'll watch UFC together. It's totally cool. Yeah.
0: Like do that. That's fine. But when it's, when it creates something that everyone must adhere to this and forces people into that, that's where I start to have a problem with it. And they're giving kids puberty blockers and that they shouldn't go through puberty till they're old enough to understand. Do you think that's
1: really happening? I I keep reading that too. Have you seen one of these kids? I haven't
0: seen it firsthand, but I'm only going on what the narrative is at the moment Cause it yeah. seems to be out there,
1: you know, I'm in so, denial. I cannot believe yeah. a parent would allow that. I'm in denial. I keep I reading. Mean, I've it too. Ha-
0: I've had messages online from people saying that they've got a five-year-old that, you know, they are gender, they have gender dysphoria. And it's like, they're fucking five, like they're five years old, you know? And I just, I think, you know, if you put me as a five-year-old, I would have wanted to be Optimus Prime or something like that, you know, or Sonic the Hedgehog when I was growing up. Like that doesn't mean I've got gender dysphoria or anything like that. It's it's a really sensitive topic at the moment because lo- I just don't think adults with that impressionable, those impressionable minds should be influencing the children, let alone the state fucking raising them. And that's what really this is all about. The state wants to raise the children. And a teacher saying that it's okay for you to be a little girl or a little boy when you're the opposite and then you can go on puberty blockers if that allows them and that the state has the influence to raise the child I got a real problem with that. I don't think that should be allowed, and I don't think some teachers should be allowed to influence my child at all in any way, shape, or form. Do,
1: do you know uh, what that is also is that's uh, – once again, you, 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 you had a different term for it to me. I call it meditation. But um, we live in an era, an era where there's so many unconscious parents, and they're, they're just, their minds just react. So yeah. the child says, I want to buy that dress, and they feel like they owe their kid an, an answer. So I, 99% of parenting, good parenting is watching your own mind. Yep. That's it. And it's not reacting. My kid, one of my sons would say, Oh, can I buy that dress? I just keep walking. There's no, I, I, it's, it's just, it's just shit coming out of his mouth. It's just, and and I lead him the way I reward him for the things that, can I have that candy bar? I don't say, I don't even say no. Mm -hmm. His mind is just jumping. Yeah. I, my mind doesn't jump. I'm in, I, well, my mind jumps, but I watch my mind. Yeah, I have a developed consciousness. I don't have to react to my mind. My phone rings and someone texts me. I'm not obligated to text you back. This is for me. Yeah. This is not a leash for the rest of you motherfuckers. My brain is also not a leash. The worst thing I can do is react. And, and that, and that's what we're seeing with parents. But my child said he wanted to wear a dress. And I said, which one pink or blue? And they yeah. don't even realize that they're programming their fucking kids to be like that. They think yeah. that it spontaneously happened.
0: Yeah. And the child's programming them too.
1: Yes. The yes. Well said. Them.
0: Yes. You know? Totally. And that's so true. And what you're talking to is what you have is awareness. Yeah. And there's no greater tool in this life than awareness. It's the most powerful tool. And so when we talk about people getting triggered and stuff like that, that's where they're emotional. So they're not really living in a state of awareness. They're living in a state of lack of awareness. And this kind of thing, it's just this new social. I'm sure trans stuff has been around and the people that are adults that are genuinely going through it, I have compassion for you. Go do that. Like live that life if you want. There's no judgment. I don't care if that's what you want to do. Go do it. But when the influence and the focus is on kids, that they should be anything other than who they are, yeah. And that should be celebrated by someone whose brain, the logic and reasoning aspects in the prefrontal cortex, the neocortex isn't develop, fully developed. The limbic system isn't fully developed. The vagus nerve is probably not fully myelinated either. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? We're giving these kids their choice to be able to do that when we have a duty of care as adults to nurture them into a happy, healthy, unified being, not send them down a social programmed narrative, which is so the state can raise your kids and influence them like that's the sinister part behind it and once you see that it's you know you can't unsee it and that's what concerns me about the whole thing
1: it's um there you you said their kids are uh, are training them to yeah they're casting spells on their parents
0: yeah absolutely it's a new cool thing to be part of the woke agenda it's cool it's (sighs) new it gives someone a reason to identify with something else
1: my 7-year-old said he wanted a Barbie and I thought that was so sweet and I re- so I took him to Target and I let him pick out two Barbies and and I just really liked it, the fact that he's exploring this feminine side and I'm like holy oh, I'm like holy fuck.
0: And that's one of the problems is that you know we're in a society that thinks that femininity is the answer to absolutely everything. I saw a meme the other day around the abortion thing and it had what they want from us which is the handmaid's tale and what they're going to get which is like Wonder Woman and like the warriors from the Black Panther and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, this is the delusional aspect of it. When I was talking last year about 12, 13 months ago, I did a post saying, Where are all the real men are If the real men stood up, this world wouldn't be in lockdowns. This bullshit wouldn't be happening. It would be over in fucking two hours. It'd be done. And one woman wrote to me and she said, What we need you to do is drop the mic and stand aside, let the women handle this. And I said, Okay. Let me put this to you. Like I've done jujitsu. I wanted to be a professional fighter 14 years ago. I'm trained. And I said, two military and a doctor rock up at your door and they're going to take your kids to a concentration camp. They're five and seven years old and they're going to take you you, unless you get vaccinated with them and you don't want that. And I stand aside and say, "Ah, it's cool, babe. You handle it. You got this. I'll drop the mic. I'll just hang outside while you sort this out. When it comes down to having to use force, which I hope I never have to, I will do what it takes to defend my partner and her kids. I will. And if that means taking a couple of people out to try to take them away, if that happens, I'm I'm okay doing that. I don't want to do that. I don't encourage that by any stretch. But the fact that women are thinking that this is okay to even sit there and start talking about that as though they've got it handled. I had another friend of mine that was a single mom and she was like, there's no greater force and stronger force on the planet than a mother protecting a child. And I just said to her, I go, I could take your child from right, from you right now and there's nothing you could do about it. Like drop right. that delusional bullshit. Right. It is, it's delusional. Right. Men are stronger, bigger. They got bigger muscles, denser nervous systems, thicker bones, bigger hands, stronger jaw structures for a reason. We're protectors, we're meant to protect. And the fact that they've got this like, women are warriors, it's like, like no, I'm sorry. Like they might be warriors on the inside and they have a lot of beautiful, strong attributes that men don't have. But when it comes down to the physical fight, the woman will lose always. They're not going to stand up. The men need to. That's what I keep encouraging. Men need to stand up and speak their truth and become strong and powerful. Again, in their truth, be virtuous, have integrity, protect the women and children. That's what we're here for. That's part of our job.
1: There, um, there's two, two thoughts. I, I, I want to, um, I wish I could remember the exact. I was saying that Lao Tzu said, I'm going to try to find it here real quick, but when I see people like the rock, for whatever the fuck it's worth. He's half black, half Samoan. Mm-hmm. He's got people, his, his people, if, you know, based on his skin color and this, and this, and this live and identity, but, but, but let's play with it a little bit. They're the ones who are dying of type two diabetes, the Samoans and blacks. They're the mm-hmm. ones who are being completely fucking overrun by sugar. Uh, it's mm-hmm. destroying them. It's, it's clouding their thinking. It's making them weak. It's making them obese. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, you have people like LeBron James selling Sprite uh, and, mm-hmm. and playing the victim mindset. You have The Rock uh, selling out, during the pandemic, selling alcohol, energy drinks, and and mm-hmm. I think uh, like um, some pancake batter or some sh- some other sh- just shit that's horrible for his people, for all of yeah. humanity. Yeah. And he's the biggest influencer on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I don't see he shadow banned. Yeah,
0: I'm not surprised.
1: Does does why won't he stand up? Doesn't he but, but but maybe he's just so wise. Maybe it's like Lao Tzu has this statement if you stand up to evil it only grows or something like that. You know, it's yeah. like if you build a seawall thinking you're going to stop the ocean, everything adjacent to it erodes faster. Yeah. Like maybe he's just wiser than us.
0: Yeah, or he's getting paid a lot of money and he doesn't give a shit about anything. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Bye let's just sort of tell it how it is you know like they do these false philanthropic you know um I can't believe he's that are.
1: bad Jaguar why yeah. why can't LeBron just be like I, I people I know that we come from this victim mindset I know yeah. I know it's hard but I'm telling you if you drop it and just work your ass off you can have what I have look at Obama look at Oprah like how come how come it's same with Armenians I'm Armenian and mm-hmm. there's this victim mindset about them like the Turks killed us and like we're raised with it.
0: Yeah. Like and we're all, always apologizing for something that happened fucking hundreds of years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, cuz people love to play the victim.
1: But you and I have made it to the top. Yeah. In our own way. Yeah. We're financially secure. Yeah. We have love. Yeah. We're happy as fucking f- f- fuck. Yeah. Two kittens in a box. Um w- but we know we can speak up now. Because we have a little yeah. bit of security, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even have kids, and you're speaking up. I think if I didn't have kids, I wouldn't. I would be fuck like fuck you. Let this bitch burn.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I do that. My partner's got three kids, oh. um, and so you know, but nothing's going to stop me from standing in truth around the ridiculousness of this. I'm quite outspoken against the feminist agenda, the real roots of the feminist agenda, not the equality and stuff. That's all good. But right. the real part underneath it, you know, I'm very outspoken against a lot of these agendas that are going on, you know, like I think it's really important. And, yeah, I've got security, but true security is not needing any security at all. Like I've done the thing where I've been a minimalist. Everything I own fit in a suitcase. I had nothing and I was a multimillionaire that lives in the most expensive suburb in Sydney. And my nickname in Sydney was the Wolf of Wall Street guy. You know, that's the life I used to live. And I went through my process. So I could go live in the bush. I might not want to, but you can take everything away from me. You can't take this away from me. And that's my power because I don't yeah. give a shit about the rest. It's like, I will stand up because I want to get through this. And if I have children or if my stepchildren, whatever, they, I want them to know that I stood for them at a time when they couldn't stand for themselves. And if that means I die during that process, I'm cool with that. I'm going to die anyway. I might as well do it for something that's noble and that's true because I'm not going to let the world go to shit and be silenced or stood down because I'm too scared to speak up because I might get shadow banned or I might, you know, lose access to something. Fuck that. Like the divine intelligence looks after me and, you know, guides me in the right way. That's not God. That's not whatever. It's just there's a divine intelligence to all of this. The hand of divine intelligence plays a role in this, I do believe, that I've seen it many times. Uh Uh-oh, you froze, you froze. But I don't just blindly follow in.
1: Yeah, got you. You're good, you're good now. You don't just blindly.
0: Yeah, I don't just blindly follow or give my power away to something because someone's told me a story. Like I feel into it and then I co-create by the world of physics what I want to create. It's why I haven't been shadow banned. I haven't been taken down, you know, and I've been very outspoken for about 18 months. Other people's accounts are getting shut down left, right and center and mine just doesn't. So it's like, and I'm quite outspoken. So it's about just honoring your truth. Cause I know in truth, regardless of what happens, I'll be okay with it because I'm acting with integrity.
1: Yeah. De- uh, can you define integrity? That's one of my favorite words.
0: Well, integrity comes from the word integer, which is comes from the, lo- the root word entire, which means wholeness. So when we're out of integrity, like an integer is a whole number, a number that isn't whole is a fraction. So when we're not in integrity, we become fractured internally within ourselves and we become fragmented and so we operate in parts. So when we become whole, we operate out of integrity and integrity is the unfiltered truth. That's all it is for what I stand for, which is I'm against certain movements and I stand for unified, like the unio mentalis, to go back to that, the unified mind, unified consciousness, unified society where everyone's taken care of, everyone's looked after. That's not a communist or socialist aspect. But from the aspect of internal integration, and in that place, I speak my truth from there for what feels right for me, and no one can take that away from me.
1: Yeah, I, I even – for me, um, on, a, on a more, I don't know, caveman level, integrity is is, is – and I think it fits nicely into what you just said is honesty. Yeah. So if you, instead of, let's say we had a podcast scheduled and I couldn't do it because I needed to take my kid to attendance class. Instead, I said, oh, hey, I have a business meeting. Yeah. Because I didn't want you to think that I was like, I, I just feel like even those little things in your life, you, your integrity is waning.
0: All the time. It's like making excuses. Like, oh, I can't make it. I'm not feeling well, rather than just saying, I yeah. don't want
1: to do it. Yeah. Just say you don't want to do it.
0: Yeah. Just say I can't make it. you like, you're not my priority. You know, maybe not that harsh, but like, you know, you can say, I can't make it. You don't need to give an explanation. No is a complete sentence. Can you do this? I can't. Sorry. Give me another time. You don't need to offer up an excuse to everything. That's just a way to maintain connection.
1: And people really like are attracted. I mean, at first it's hard for people, but they're really attracted to people with integrity.
0: Yeah. And boundaries. Like, I mean, it's attractive to someone that says, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, especially because that's integrous, it's in truth, and it's honest, and someone values themselves that says no. You know, like if someone asks me this, go, no, don't want to, and I leave it at that, and that's how I operate. You know, I don't need to overexplain anything. I could, but I don't want to anymore. I used to do that a lot, but I just don't do that anymore. It's like, oh, can you come over tonight? Do you want to hang out? I'm like, no. That's it.
1: Would you say you're happy?
0: I don't really like the word happy because the root and like to, to start the conversation that we did today. Happiness comes from the root word "hap," which means luck or chance. So mm-hmm. when I'm in that vibrational construct of happiness, I'm searching for happiness, right? And that means that I'm trying to get lucky. I prefer mm-hmm. the word joyful, which is comes from the root word "joie," which means basically internal experience of sensual delight. And so, do I feel joy? Yeah, I do. I'm a joyful person. Part of that took a long time for me to come back because I was very defensive for a long time and protective of myself. But as I've started to open up and eliminated the shame and the uh, things that I grew up with and the difficulties and the traumas, a joy has come in, which is just presence. You know, there's a loving joy that I emanate through the world, not 100% of the time, but I don't search for happiness. What I do is aim to experience the joy, which is an ever-cascading fountain that's available to me 24-7 if I choose to operate from that place.
1: And, and when you wake up in the morning, um, do you feel, do, are you excited? Like your eyes crack open. You're like, fuck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I would say I'm quite joyful when I wake up. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not like, yeah, let's fucking get that bread or whatever it is. Like that rise and grind mentality. I'm not like that. I wake up and I'm just quiet, peaceful and I'm joyful. And I get up and I'm like, ah, another day. And that's the way that I
1: operate. Does it creep? Does that creep in? Do you have that? Yeah. Let's like after you've been up for an hour, let's get. Yeah. Today I've yeah yeah. I have this list of shit and I want to fucking get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I still have that. Like I've still got that fire in me. You know, I love to do things. I love to create, and I love to like be directional. And I like to use you know some fierceness in the way that it comes through. It's like yeah, let's fucking get it. Let's do this like that. Like that's still a big part of me. I like that. I enjoy that. It's not all the time, but I, you know, it's still there for sure.
1: Uh, the, is our purpose here to have babies? Like, do you need to have a baby to be complete? Does a woman need to have a baby to be complete?
0: If they're doing it to be complete, they're doing it for the wrong reason. Okay. So, and a lot of women do want to do it for that reason, because they're looking for some sort of external validation to propagate their life through purpose. My right, belief right. is that purpose is we come here to reconcile the ego and our fears and limitations so it can be free from suffering. That's what I believe. I just, I believe that's it. It's to, to remember. I was talking to my partner about this last night. It's not about, you know, becoming truly loving. It's about remembering that you're already love anyway.
1: Yeah. And then yeah, we take yeah, that yeah. out into the
0: world. I believe we just come here to transcend our fears and limitations so we can be free.
1: Do you do you do you think that um and in, in, uh do you think that there's there's nothing in the biology? Yeah, I'm gonna make go on a little stretch here. The way a tadpole mm-hmm. hat turns into a frog, mm-hmm. or a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, that there mm-hmm. isn't something in the biology of a woman and man that's also connected to this, um having kids and that being part of sort of the expansion of the consciousness, this, this, or or there's some like biological experience that you have that gives you the lessons, um, spiritual lessons.
0: A hundred percent. I think that one of the most amazing things, if not the most amazing thing you can do is to create life. I did a post uh, a little while ago. I said, the most valuable thing a woman can give away is her body. And the most valuable thing a man can give away is his life force, his semen. And one woman was like, how could you say that? You're objectifying women, blah, blah, blah. She's got more value than only her body. I said, that's not what I said in the post. I said, the most valuable thing is her body. Why? Because that's the creative matrix to bring a child into this world and navigate a spirit from the unborn dimension into the physical dimension. Tell me there's nothing more precious than that on this I know,
1: it's crazy. It sounded like the greatest compliment in the world. It's funny that someone could even take offense to that.
0: Oh, they just look at it through the it's prism crazy. of their own trauma, see what they
1: it's want to crazy. see, like the
0: hungry goes to the river of pus and blood, mm. and then they get to confirm their narrative and be right about their own bullshit, you know, and it is a compliment. So a man's greatest life force is his semen. That's why porn is free so men can continually sacrifice that at the altar of that satanic program and give it away. So men become weak and, you know, have no discipline and they can't transcend that. And in the school schoolyard of kindergarten, that's what I call people that get on Tinder all the time kindergarten because it's a bunch of adult children running around sleeping with one another um, with their childhood wounds completely activated for some sort of validation. And so we've got all these people that are dumping grounds for trauma that are just in a cyclical nature where they don't actually ever get to transcend and experience their divine nature.
1: Um, do you abstain? do you abstain from having sex?
0: Not at the moment. No, I'm with a beautiful partner who I love very much, but I have before in the past. I did 18 months of celibacy and abstination.
1: No, no ejaculation for 18 months. None, yeah.
0: Wow. You got to circulate the energy, though. It's not just like it, it's hard, it's difficult, it's very challenging, <clears throat> but you have to have ways to circulate the energy through breath and, you know, muscular movements and things like that. I wouldn't recommend it for everyone because it's very difficult, but I recommend every man should do it after a breakup for three months at least three months
1: uh and and tell me why what are the what are the advantages of that
0: because you start to retrain your chemical function in the body porn changes your chemical function and it changes your hormonal structure it changes it it changes everything about a man they can't get it up their identity in the subconscious around where how they see women is different it's a really really toxic thing it's one of the things i say if you want to be healthy get rid of that stuff And so it'll start to retrain the chemicals in the body. The way you associate with women will be different. You'll start to respect women and not objectify them anymore. You know, you'll start to honour women in the right way, which I'm all for. You know, I'm all for honouring women and treating them in the right way, just not from the simp aspect where you're manipulating them to get sex, from the noble aspect, which is the gentleman, which is the masculine man that is the protector and the provider and the presider. And so I think that it's important for a man to be able to exercise discipline over himself and control his urges and his desires. And do it for three months. It's not a long time. Don't watch porn. Get away from that. Get off the dating apps and do three to six months of what I call a feminine cleanse where you just cleanse yourself of feminine energy and be on your own and learn how to do that. It's very powerful for a man to do that. Very powerful.
1: Yeah, um, in college, I I had these two tw- – I went two months or four months. I can't remember. But basically how I did it is I put two 20-pound dumbbells next to my bed. Mm-hmm. And if I woke up at any time I had a fucking hard on, I'd just start fucking doing shoulder presses. Yeah. Just work out. And my theory would like, even like three in the morning, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, like I'm just fucking ready to just fire one off. Uh, do that and when I was 20, they didn't even have porn. Right. I mean, it was like like they had magazines and shit. There was no like internet, but, uh, Mm. And I, my theory was is that it would take the blood out of my cock to my shoulders and it worked, <laughs> and then that thing would go away and I'd go back to sleep. Ah, I've lost you, you froze. Are you still frozen? He's frozen. Can you hear me, Mr. Jaguar? I think you froze. Did I lose you completely? Oh. Here he comes. Here he comes. Yeah. You're back. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And, and, and my dad told me if you don't, and I told my dad this and my dad's like, Hey, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Yeah.
0: No, that's not the yeah. case. No, yours still works fine. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> suppose it made me stronger there actually. Like, right, like, you know, I don't really talk about, you know, my, um, intimate practices with my partner out of respect to her, but you know, sure. like, you know, and normal sort of intimate session with us is two to three hours. You wow. Know, one hour at least. Yeah. Because I can, I have got self control to be able to last as long as I need to. You know, and, you know, 30 to 40 minutes would be a short, short session. You that know, sounds- and that's what men do. Most women that I've worked with, I've worked with thousands of women now, and the average uh, sexual experience for them is six to 11 minutes. You know, like, I mean, If you learn how to touch a woman properly, you should kiss for three times longer than that.
1: Yeah, I have have a feeling that you're a crazy outlier in that.
0: Yeah, well, I've trained myself to do that because there's making love and there's having sex. Having sex is what everyone else is doing and making love is where there's involution, which is spiritual descending, and evolution, which is physical ascending. So the two forces go from the top up and they meet in the heart. And that's what making love is. And that's an energetic experience. And that's very different to having sex. Very different.
1: Um, do you, do you practice? Uh, um, um, uh, do, do you use contraception? No, no, no. She, she just times her ovulation. Correct.
0: Yeah. I don't believe in any of that. I think it's really unhealthy for a woman to be on the pill. And I think condoms, I mean, the microplastics in it as well to have that experience and, you know, inside the vagina and on the, on the man as well. It's like, it's loaded with chemicals, you know, just do what's natural. And if a baby comes along, then that's, what's written for me and we'll address that at the time and let the child come through. And if not, you know, there's other ways that you can mitigate and manage that one is to not ejaculate. If, as long as you can still circulate the energy, you can still have orgasms without ejaculating. It's not that difficult. You I know? Agree. And yeah, once you do that, then you can, you're free reign. You don't need to worry about that stuff. You know, yeah. and you can control. You think most
1: men don't know. Well. Th- that was something I learned pretty early on that you could just mm-hmm. have as many orgasms as you want without yeah. ejaculating. You, do you think most men know that? No, no.
0: Or it's an impossible task. I mean, even if you get to it, like the train needs to leave the, leave the station when you know, you're about to, you can get to a point very close where you can have, like, if your normal orgasm is 10 out of 10, you can reach an 8 out of 10. And then you just relax yeah. back and you let the energy yeah. go into your body. You don't yeah. ejaculate. You give yourself five minutes, you go again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trina wants to know, uh, boy, that one really lit up. Uh, what about pre-cum? Well, I guess that's the thing. Like if they get pregnant, they get pregnant. He's willing to roll the dice.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a high percentage of that that would happen. It also depends on the time of the month. You know, a woman goes through periods where she's in a high ovulation state as well based on the yeah. cycle. Like men, know your woman's cycle. You know, it goes through a different – it's different through a four-week period. Know her cycle. Her moods will be different. It's like the four seasons, you know, winter, autumn, summer, and spring. She'll want to speak differently. She'll want a different type of attention. She'll want different food. Her hormones will be different. She'll want to make love more sometimes. Other times she'll be more internal. Know your woman's cycle, you know? And then with that sort of stuff, it's like make love more often during times where she's less likely to be able to get pregnant. There's apps that track this stuff now, but men should get in touch with women in their cycles and sit down and go through it together. My partner schooled me on it. And now I know it's like, okay, she's coming up to her period. I need to leave her alone and be a little bit more tender and a bit softer with her. You know, after that, then she's going to want to be more out there and want to tear me apart in the bedroom. So it's like, you know, it's you got to know that kind of stuff to be educated. The more awareness that we have around these things for women, you know, the greater partners that we can be, the better lovers we can be, the better men we can be because they're sensitive creatures and we need to be sensitive towards what they need.
1: Do you know this guy, um, Elliot, Hulse, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Are you friends with him?
0: I'm not friends with him. No, I know his work, though. I I do enjoy a lot of the stuff that he talks about. We're quite similar. I hadn't actually, I actually hadn't heard of him until about two months ago, and I was talking to a good friend of mine. He goes, and we were talking about subversion, the communist agenda of Marxism, and everything else. And he goes, "Dude, you sound like Elliot Hulse." And I'm like, "Who's that?" And we talk about a lot of the same things.
1: He, I had him on my show. I, I, I'm i seriously, I think I'm going to have all three of us. I'm going to do a show with all three of us. You guys will. He's so fun. He's just like you. He's a gentleman of the highest order. He means so well. He's so loving. He, uh, but I mean, he he's the fucking lion and he's got a big tongue he'll lick you with and you'll like it. And you just better hope it's just only his tongue he licks you with because if he pulls those claws out, fuck, yeah. man.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd love to do a podcast with him. I, I really, we have a similar message. I really resonate yeah. with him. I love what he stands for, you know? And um, yeah, like I, I'd love to do a podcast with three of us. It'd be super interesting.
1: Um, how, how are you on time? Are you good?
0: Yeah. I've got about well, five minutes or so, five to 10 minutes.
1: Okay. Um, in one of these podcasts, you say something about having an extraterrestrial experience in New Zealand.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had a few. I uh,
1: you. Um, could, could you tell me about that? Yeah. So wait, wait, was, first? what's extraterrestrial mean? First of all, I didn't even know. I'm not even sure I know the definition there, of that
0: word. They'd just be beings that are not human. That's the way okay. that I would define it. I don't know where they're from, but they appeared to me. And I could feel myself being pulled out of my body, up through the building that I was in and out onto a ship. And there was a green skinned being with like a black bob haircut and big black eyes a little silver being that was like, you know, the size of like my water bottle here. Like, can you see that there? Yeah. And um, there were these two feline beings, like they were humanoid felines, right? But like human standing about five foot ten, you know, that sort of thing. Very powerful. And they were throwing sand onto a table and it was vibrating into these complex geometric shapes. And I was like, what, what are these? What does this mean? And she said, you'll know when the time's right. And then she got a light and she started flashing a light in my eyes. And she said, this is upgrading your DNA. You'll know what to do with this when the time comes. But you need this in order to help the planet along those lines.
1: Were you scared at all?
0: No, I wasn't scared. Okay. I wasn't scared. Um, And then I went back. They took me back down, put me into bed and whatever. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, I was catching up with a friend of mine. And I was telling him about this dream. And I had the symbols there with it. And the symbols.
1: You drew them out on paper?
0: Yeah, and I was describing them to him and he'd been drawing on tabletop sand images that were the same as what I was seeing because it's a form of Arabic magic to contact higher beings and I didn't know that at the time and so we were drawing the same symbols in sand that that I saw on the tabletops (laughs) that he was drawing as well and he said he was just channeling them and just doing it on these tabletops out of nowhere and it was around the same time. When so he that was does one that of the when you're
1: when you're there and that happens. Do you and, and you see that? Are you like, oh fuck yeah? Like, you, are you pumped or do you stay super calm? Are you like, like this is fucking great to connect this dot?
0: Yeah, like, like I'm at that time, I was like, whoa, that's wild. But on the other side of it, I was like, now I look at it, I go, well, you know, that's synchronistic, and you know, I like that yeah. experience needed to happen. So it's like those experiences, when we have those, you know, I think, well, you know, whether I'm projecting my unconsciousness onto it or whether I'm making that up, it doesn't matter. That was real for me. And no one can take that away from me.
1: Uh, Did you have you had any more besides that interactions?
0: Uh, Yeah, I've had a few, um, probably about four or five more. I had one where I was being scratched on the back by a massive reptilian kind of one. And then my ex- Like hurt or or gentle,
1: a gentle caress?
0: No, it was like a scratch. It was like a giant claw. The claw was the size of my back and it went bam like this and scratched, so much so that I jumped out of bed that I nearly landed on my feet and I was sleeping on the floor at the time. And Uh it like launched me up. And then my ex-girlfriend came over. This was a few days a few days after. She came over like I think three days after or something like that. And anyway, she was like, What's going on with your back? And I had a massive scratch down my back next to my spine that I can't reach that and do that. So that's that was there at the time, so it's it's been a pretty wild ride with that kind of stuff. I haven't had anything drop in for a little while, but I think you know they're just beings from other dimensions. You do ayahuasca, you can meet them, or mushrooms, you'll meet them, or whatever you know. So it's it's not this sort of crazy, overly special experience. It's just what I needed for my own evolution.
1: I'm trying to remember the doctor's name. She she was on the show, um, Courtney Hunt she's a mm-hmm. uh gynecologist who's turned um sort of a uh, j- junky physicist in quantum quantum physics and quantum computing just yeah. lover right mm-hmm. and when i was talking to her basically she was explaining to me that we can only see you know a small percentage of the light spectrum
0: yeah like 0.02% i think it is
1: and i was like so you're telling me that there's a whole, there's th- there could be shit in the other fucking spectrums of light that are just fucking everywhere around us that are sentient beings. She's like, "Could be." Yeah. Like we can't see 99.8% of the fucking shit around us because we're not able to see that 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 those light spectrums. She's like, "Yep." It's
0: just like a radio, you know, you tune it to a certain radio station, you'll hear jazz. If you tune it to something else, you'll hear rock music, you know. It's probably just like that. It's just frequency.
1: Right, and, and 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 no one in their right mind breaks open the radio and is like, "Hey, where's that orchestra?"
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like trying to get in the TV and seeing the actors.
1: Right, even <laughs> though that's what all all that's what so many of our colleagues and human peers are doing. Yeah, they believe trying that to. shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. We'd have to do a whole podcast just around that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Right, hey, I really appreciate your time. I got three pages of notes. I knew I was going to have trouble staying like in, in certain funnels because I was going to be just so stimulated and, and, and excited by everything you're saying. Uh, thanks for your time, uh, Jaguar. You are, you are a, a fantastic man. Thank you for everything you're contributing to p- planet Earth. You're dope. And Thank you, uh, And uh, I will, um, in the next few months, uh, arrange it so our paths cross again, and, and, and hopefully you'll accept my invitation.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, if you want to do one with Elliot, that'd be great. Or any other interesting person that we can get on and do another one. Or we'll do one just you and I, man. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for cool. the platform. You're an awesome host, man. Great questions and loved how many different directions we took this in. I did, we yeah. didn't even scratch the surface of some of the stuff I could go into around physics and words and vibration and healing, which I'd love to do another one with you. And okay. mindset, which would, be, which would be awesome, man.
1: Okay, awesome. Beautiful. All
0: right, my man. Bam! thank you. Much love Thanks, to you. Uh, have Take a beautiful care, day. You brother. See you later.
1: And there we go. Thanks, Jaguar and Sevon As always, thank you, man. Yeah, going to have to go back and watch this from the beginning. I, we should have started with this phone from the beginning. We had some audio issues throughout. What a cool dude. Wow. Uh, you know this Instagram account? There's a guy... Um, There's this guy, he basically writes these um, software programs, I guess. He writes these programs and they track investments made by politicians. I'm trying to remember his name. He's got like 100,000 followers maybe on Instagram. It's a fantastic, fantastic Instagram account. So he'll show you like what committees Nancy Pelosi's on and what she's investing in. And then he shows, and this is how it climbed and changed. And and he does that with everyone, Republicans, Democrats, and everyone. So you'll be like some guy will be on like some committee for the National Transportation Association or National Transportation Agency uh, in the United States. And you'll notice like all of a sudden he's investing in a company that makes road signs. And then a month later, that agency will say, oh, there it is. Thank you. Quiver Quant. And then a month later, that agency will order 12 million stop signs, you know, and and it and it fucking and it fucking skyrockets the uh the stock and, and, and that politician makes all this money. I'm trying to get that dude on the podcast. And he responded to me um, saying, Hey, you know, basically, what the fuck would your would your group of people have an interest in listening to me? They're just all fitness, fitness people. I'm like, oh man. Oh man. I know the mustache is crazy. You know what I did? I shaved. No one has said anything yet, but I shaved my beard off and I just left this thing. It's kind of hard to tell. No plan B. Holy cow. That last chance qualifier show has 13,386 views. You're going to see it over here. Nuts. I just don't think that show is as interesting as this show. I just don't. I mean, I have I have fun with that show. I like hanging out with Taylor and JR and Brian and Souza. And I and I like hanging with Hiller a lot. I actually talked to him on the phone today for like 47 minutes. I couldn't believe it. Um but I but I but these are the shows I like. Tomorrow I'm having Jeremy Kinnick on. You guys know who that is? He is a uh, former CrossFit Games athlete. His, his, his brother and uh, one of his brother's business partner, I think, owned Beyond the Whiteboard. Maybe Jeremy's part owner too. I don't know. But Jeremy I'm having on because he homeschools his kids. And I think that is so badass. And he has an Instagram account all about um, homeschooling kids. What would you do? What would you do if you're, if your kids, one of your kids was like a sophomore in high school and they started getting into doing drugs. I was talking to my wife about that the other day. Like if they were going to the public school, which my kids won't, but I, I think I just scoop you up and tr- like, you know, like if you're doing anything bad or something I don't like, I just scoop you up and rent a cabin out in the middle of Iowa for $300 a uh, uh, a month and we just stay out there for a year till you unfuck yourself to whatever your reality was changes. I would do that for my kids. Dan Murphy, you were stimulated by the show, huh? Anyone ever seen stars suddenly start swaying in many directions and speeds? And then I have witnessed this and no, I wasn't seeing things other than seeing it too. the other stars stayed normal. I'm not sure. Maybe they started swaying when you were writing that. Square as fuck jaw after that shave. Well, thank you. I think that's good. There's a few hardcore Sevon podcasters. I'm not sure. What's that mean? Like listeners? Oh, you mean like you, Bruce? You are You are fucking hardcore. All right, uh, 8.14 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Great guest. I apologize for the audio issues we had early on the show. We have so many exciting things coming up in the show. I'm excited to uh, share with you some things that are going to happen in the next 60 days that are going to be really, really, really cool. I think we're going to have a little bit of growth on our end. I promise you that we will have uh, at least two or three guests uh, from the CrossFit space that you will be tickled by. Well, I shouldn't say I promise, but I'm doing my darndest to get it. Um, and I think we're gonna start trying to get some regular shows going. And possibly some shows that don't that not that I don't even have to man. So so introduce some new characters. I think of the show as kind of like Sesame Street. You know, like I'm the cookie monster and Souza's like big bird, and Brian Snuffleupagus. And Angelo is like, um, um, I don't know who the characters are anymore. Bert and uh, Taylor's Ernie. And and I just think of this as just like just Sesame Street. Although maybe I should, Sesame Street gone so damn woke. Maybe I should come up with a different uh, simile. I have to admit I watch as much for Bruce as I do Sevon. <laughs> I know. Hey, half the time I look over at the comments, I'm like, these fucking guys aren't even watching the show. They're just jerking off on each other. Well, I'm glad that I provide a, a spot for you guys to pull around with each other. All right, great show. Jeremy Kinnick tomorrow. Uh, man, the calendar is just loaded. Um, our Our our, our King Dick here, the, the man, uh, got, I think got deployed. I'm so fucking bummed. And I hope um, I wish and hope the best for him. And I hope once he gets settled there, um, he can still come on the show all the time. Caleb deployed. Oh no. He deploys on the 4th of July. Wow. What a day to deploy. Okay, so Jeremy Kinnick tomorrow. Then on Friday morning, we have Justin Nunley and Darian Weeks for the UFC show. Then on Saturday morning, we have Steve Mowry, who's been on the show before. He's the uh, undefeated Bellator uh, heavyweight. I think he's 10-0, and 11-0. He just got a new fight. Then on Sunday, uh, we don't have anybody. Oh, on Monday, I'm trying. Oh, on the 4th of July, I'm trying to get Jason Hopper. It looks like, it looks like we have him at 11 a.m. That would be really cool. That's kind of a fucked up time to have them, though. Uh, on the fifth, we have Tony Blauer. On the sixth, we have Tamer Katan. He's a comedian. And I think that's as far as we have it scheduled. Oh, and it looks like we're going to get Amy West. Uh, I think Amy graduated from NYC Film School, and maybe she went to Harvard Medical School, and she's on the DEI Council at CrossFit hardcore crossfitter uh and i i had a blast interviewing her on the crossfit podcast oh we have ufc fighter coming up Jalen turner Got all sorts of cool people showing up all right <clears throat> oh fine no the no the the, the female comedian the Sch- schmitzberger Schmidt schmitzstein she's like uh she's tapped like four times she's had to reschedule Tony Blauer is not a female comedian. It's just an Air Force deployment. Oh, good. Yeah, she dropped off. I mean, Sausage Fest lately. Thanks. Oh, and you know who else I have to get back on? I have to get Athena back on, Athena Perez. Basically, what I'm doing with Athena is I'm just waiting for her to do a few more of her seminars. And then we will... uh, we'll get her on. I want, I want to, she, um, her, her seminar still in beta and I'm very curious, uh, how that thing is going to play out. It's pretty fucking dope, what she's doing it's a great, great contribution, great menu item in the CrossFit ecosystem. All right, guys, no more comedians have on. I know, right. I, I'm going to keep trying, but man, it's a mess every time they come on, but I'll keep trying. Uh, Justin Nunley, the guy's doing the UFC show with me on Friday. He's a comedian, TikTok comedian, you know, 5 million or whatever followers he has. He's funny as shit. But you're right. The other dudes who do the the other dudes have all sucked. Douche. All right, guys. Love you. Time to go play with the kids. Put them to bed. See you guys uh, tomorrow. Thank you. I am your comedian. Thank you. Peace. Oh, really? Tyler Fisher, Trina? Really? Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll try. I get him. Awesome.